Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 625, recorded live on Sunday, February 16th, 2020, and here are your hosts. The man who most likely has pasta that he does not like, Dave Pillay. Hey. And the man who recently found one that he doesn't like, Andy Lowe. Hi. I mean, I like pasta. Pasta. It doesn't like me. Well, you, you, yeah, no, there's, you and pasta are, uh, it's a very love-hate relationship. I mean, yes, I love to eat pasta. I hate the effect it has on my body. <laughs> yes. I, too, also love pasta. <laughs> I'm, okay, but you found one that you don't like? Yeah, no, I don't, okay, so normally, you know, I, I love, I love my Asian noodles. I love okay. my cool noodles. I love my ramens. Yeah. And then I, uh, I was going through Costco the other day, and they had these street noodles. Okay. That was that was the name of them, street noodles. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, and they came in their own little um, takeout box. Yeah. And it's like, hey, sauce is included. Everything's all included. No need for water. Just, you know. Oh, no, Andy. Yeah. Andy. I was curious, and I was like, well, you know, let me try it out. And, you know, I get the Chinese food box, and I open it up, and there's a pack of the noodles in a in a vacuum-sealed bag. Uh-huh. And they're not dried noodles. No. And there's a sauce pack there, too, and I'm just like, I don't know where this is going, but I'm already a little hesitant. <laughs> yep. And, yeah, that... You know, you, you drop them in there, you put the sauce on them, you close the takeout box. Because everything is basically self-contained. It's like, all right, all, all I need is a fork, and I'm good to go. And like a heat source, right? Yeah, and a microwave. Okay. And so I microwaved them, and I tried them out. I'm just like, this this is not this is not good. The, the no. noodles were all gummy, would be the best way to describe them. Mm-hmm. And it just, it didn't, didn't even like smell right. So I, yep, nope, I found, I found some noodles that, you know, not, you know. Just weren't good. Nope. I was, I was very disappointed. So now I've, yeah, I've got, because <laughs> I got it at Costco, I've got, you know, three more boxes of this stuff that I'm just like. Don't want to eat it, do you? Nope. Too bad. Yep. Yeah, no, I can give you like 10 brands of like instant noodles that are just god awful. <laughs> I've got, I think I've got, uh, okay, so I, I got rid of the street noodles. I've got some hot and spicy chicken, no, not chicken, because that's hot and spicy seafood bowls. And I've got... That sounds awful. Some faux noodles, beef noodles. Yep. And then I've got some Vietnamese street noodle bowls. And then I've got my classic uh, top ramen type ramen noodles as well. So that's 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 literally what I've got on hand right now. Plus, you know, I've got, you know, just the egg noodles and the, you know, the spaghetti noodles and everything, penne and rotini. I've also got some chickpea rotini as well, which I'll let you know about um, once, you know, once I try it out. Okay. Because it's, it's We can chickpea. look forward to several random reviews from Andy about noodles. <laughs> and for those of you playing along at home... That is our food section of the podcast. <laughs> Take a drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry you had such a, a terrible noodle experience, Andy. <laughs> yes, 
You sound so heartbroken. You you have my total and utmost sympathy on being able to eat bad noodles. <laughs> Go find all the ones that are labeled as gluten free and then come back to me. That, that's why I've got the chickpea rotini. There's also uh-huh. a lent a, a lentil spaghetti I saw also. Yeah, the red lentil one or yeah. the actual lentil. Yeah, no, no don't, don't, don't. Okay, don't run away. <laughs> Run away far. Oh, there was some, uh, what did we have? Like a, some gluten-free ginger graham crackers or something that were okay. But yeah, I know. I feel like I'm, I'm like a, like a, like a first world problem here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, these noodles are just not These packaged tasty. noodles that are like 35 cents each, just, they're so terrible. So, yeah. How will I feed myself? <laughs> With the other brands of packaged noodles. That I have in the house. I hate you. (laughs) Oh, what else? What else is new, Andy? What's going on? What have you been up to this week? Uh, What's one fun project you've done this week? uh, Isaac's been sick, so I was. Oh no! I was. That's not a fun project, Andy. No, I was. The question was, what fun project have you been up to this week? And you said my son has been sick. Um, I did some woodworking for work. Cool. That's a fun project. Good. Yeah, um, I didn't really have a place to work, though, in the office, especially since, you know, I was using um, a circular saw. And, you know, having a circular saw in a radio station is... (laughs) Don't don't those also put out, like, a lot of EM noise? Yeah, yeah, no, it would. It's, it's It's an engine and a rapidly spinning metal wheel. Yeah. Yeah, because you're creating yeah uh, electrical current, and therefore when you're creating electrical current, you're creating magnetic currents, and that just affects everything. So, um, yeah, I was actually out in our, I call it our <laughs> most aptly named cold storage building out back. How cold was your cold storage? Well, there's no heat in that building. So cold. It's a, it's a concrete building that used to be owned by Sprint. You know, one of those little, like, brown, stucco-looking buildings you always see next to cell phone towers yeah it's one of those okay so it was <laughs> it was not warm but it was off by itself that and it also doesn't have any electricity in it so i had to um prop the door open as well in order to have light to run an, a cord at, out to it no no because i was using a i was a cordless circular saw for okay. my cuts cordless circular saw yeah like the little handheld circular saws okay just a little you know six inch blade nothing big battery powered though like how long does that battery last for the cordless circular saws it yeah lasted most of the it's the same thing you would you know it's that same battery you'd plug in for your cordless drill okay so it it worked cool so yeah so i had to uh i got a board for work off of ebay way cheap yeah um but when it got shipped there you know i i was thinking oh this will fit in the this will fit in our area perfectly and i get it and i'm looking and i'm like and wait a second does this, not yeah, because there were these, I'd call them ears, that protruded about two inches off of each side of the board. Uh-huh. So when I looked at the measurements, I looked at the cutout. did cut not out. include that. Yeah, I looked at the cutout measurements of the size of a table, you know, the hole you're supposed to cut out in order to place this board in a table. Yeah. And that did not take into account these ears on the side. 
I'm like, well, shoot. So did what you am I? cut off the ears? Well, it, it was one of them was already actually broken off for me. Thank you, UPS. <laughs> but not actually thank you, UPS, because no. you, you know, destroyed and damaged the goods. Mm-hmm. So there's currently a filing on with UPS about that because, you know, they damaged the equipment. Yep. Um, but it turns out after one of them had fallen off, I was taking a look at them like, these are basically just cosmetic because they're the entire actual console is aluminum. So it's, you know, hefty and strong. And these ears are plastic and they're held on by like just, you know, pressure bolts, kind of like bolts were kind of just pushed into the plastic and held there. And so, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm not surprised that, you know, one of them broke. But now after after I looked at them, I'm like, oh, okay, so this is how they come on and off. So they just took the other one off, and then I put the board down. And I'm like, oh, the board fits now. <laughs> but um, there's not enough room on the table if I actually cut the board and actually put it flush on the table because there's a couple of keyboards. And so I had to build a little wooden frame to um, kind of prop it up. And so I originally built one out of two by fours because that was cheap just to see if it, you know, would look right. And the, uh, the two by fours started to warp. Oh no. Cause they were just, you know, the cheap two by fours. Yeah. So after I, you know, got my basic measurements down and, you know, figured this thing out there, then I went over to uh, Menards and got some nice oak and, you know, actually like clamped and glued this thing together and, you know, did a nice angle cut on there to kind of mimic the shape of the board a little bit. Mm-hmm. So... That is currently you, sitting. Sir. That is currently sitting downstairs in my office on the desk, just you know, waiting for me to come back from being at home <laughs> with a sick kid. Oh, the poor kid. Mm-hmm. He's doing better now, though. So good. Oh, happy anniversary, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I realized um, it was not on your calendar. Correct. I I don't need to put it in my calendar to remember it. <laughs> I was actually uh, one of so one of the things that I do at at work is I, you know, build the curriculum. And that includes doing things like making exercises Mm -hmm. uh, for the trainees to go through. And so in one of the uh, exercises, it's on a chapter on data that changes over time. And how does that affect the database and what do you need to do and like what what data is available and so I build in uh, an exercise. I made this example where it's like Laura Smith moves from uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan to Madison, Wisconsin on such and such a date. What changes does that mean? What does the data look like? And then like later on in that exercise, like Laura Smith changes her name to Laura Pillay on this day. <laughs> and I've got it in there. You know, it's, it's February 16th, 2017. And so I've just got that in there, which... I never forget my anniversary because every time I teach that class, I have to go through that exercise. <laughs> and since the trainees all know my last name, they're like, wait a minute. I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's how most of my team learned that I actually got married. <laughs> Was they saw that exercise like, wait a second, <laughs> that's in two months. I'm like, yep. So, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. It is my anniversary. I We aren't really doing much for it because, you know, it's 13 years. So, like, whatever. Well, is it 13 no, years? Whatever. Well, three years, you mean, since the... So, we've act- been married for three. Yes. And you've been but dating. But we got married on our dating anniversary. 
Ah, okay. So it's so been technically 13 years together. We've been dating for 13 years. Gotcha. Married for three of them. Yeah. I made lobster tail for Valentine's Day. We uh, had Little Caesar's Pizza. Nice. Nice. I was going to do Zingo's, but then I went to Zingo's and the line was literally out the door. What is Zingo's? You had Zingo's last time you were here. Oh, it's the bowl place? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, tonight is probably butter chicken. Ooh. Mm hmm. (laughs) What's Zingo's? Oh, that one place that we've gone to that isn't Urbelli's. That's honestly, that's all you need to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I know that. <laughs> I know what place that is. We actually had a chicken tikka masala last night. That was actually pretty mm, good. Tikka masala. Mm-hmm. It's like the better butter chicken. I actually tried it with pickles. Tikka masala? Yeah. That's what with the like Clausen kosher dill pickles or no, some uh, other. Some, uh, the, the Wisconsin, Kate's family from Wisconsin, when I was over there for the first family reunion, I re- they did homemade pickles. Okay. And so I really, you know, loved the homemade pickles. Yes. So, you know, for our wedding anniversary, they got me homemade pickles. Well, we were over there in 2015 or 2016 for one of the other family reunions. And of course, <laughs> I show up and they're like, hey, pickles. You're like, Yay. Well, no, because then they gave me a couple more jars of homemade pickles, and I'm like, sweet! Mmm, homemade yeah. pickles. Yeah, so I, you know, I had a jar of the homemade pickles, and I was looking at the box, and it's like, hey, you know, try this on rice with chutney and pickles. And I'm like, but Those well, flavors shoot. do not go together. It wasn't that bad. A tikka masala with pickles? Yeah. I mean, maybe? I guess? I don't know. I'm I'm a little iffy about it. Like, I do put in peppers, like hot peppers, because a tikka masala is almost a butter chicken. Just you marinate the chicken first. Uh, I'm trying to see. I, I looked this up, and most of the tikka masalas are, yeah. <laughs> There's creamy sauce of tikka masala with rice and pickle. Um, <clears throat> top the masala with the chopped coriander, served with quick pickle on the side. People are saying, yeah, with a pickled vegetable. Okay. And, you know, I would really go for some more curries, but there's just so much coconut. There is the, a lot of coconut in various I, curries. I know, which, you know, kind of <laughs> cuts me out on a lot of it. <coughs> so, you know, have I, yeah, coconuts and curries. Mm-mm. Nope. But, yeah, no, the line was out the door for Zingo's, so I'm sitting there going, like, do I want to wait through this line? Or I look next door, and there's, you know, Little Caesars right there, and I'm like, I could probably (laughs) walk in and walk out (laughs) with food within a minute. And I did. You got one of their hot and readies? Hot and readies with crazy bread. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was was our Valentine's Day. Nice. Mine, as I said, I did the lobster tail, and then... um, spent the evening trying to scrape a web page and failing miserably. <laughs> now, okay. For those also playing at home, the ingress question is, are you doing the event? No. Okay. I mean, yes, but no. Yeah, no, I'm not doing I'm I'm doing the event in that I'm like I'm playing ingress, but I'm not specifically trying to make a bunch of fields. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, you know, Ingress event, another chance for me to get a gold. Let me see what it is. And then I look at it, and I'm like, 800 fields. Mm, no. I mean, I could probably do that at work. 
I would have to do latest a... latest count is 130 portals at work. Hang on. I'll tell you in a sec. Yeah, my... Uh, latest, latest ingress news for me is we've been trying to cheat the system. <laughs> Not cheat, but manipulate the system uh, to get a an EX gym on campus. Oh, you're trying to manipulate the location of the portals and what they're doing in order to affect other yep. games. Yeah. Kind of like um, trying to do stuff. Like, basically what I'm trying to do is just trying to get stuff in there, not for Ingress, but for Harry Potter. Right. Yeah. That's the whole reason you are playing Ingress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 134 portals. You suck. Uh, 35, 36. 136 portals on campus. 37, 38, 39, 40 if I want to go just outside. 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46 uh, if I'm willing to go a couple blocks away. So I could probably make a significant dent in those 800 fields. Yeah, the best that I could see is either, you know, doing the stuff downtown which would get me 112 fields if I just did the downtown main area, or going to Western's campus and trying to do stuff. But still, either one of those is just... Yeah, it's just, it's not... <laughs> nope, not worth it. No? Especially since, you know, I'd have to build everything up and then wait for everybody to either blow it up or... Somebody blow up downtown? Oh, dear Lord. I think somebody blew up downtown. Well, that's too bad. They do. I was going to go downtown on Monday for lunch and just blow everything up. Because, you know, double AP for stuff. Yeah. Oh, well. Someone has been having fun with our Link Star. (laughs) We've been having a lot of fun with our Link Star. Wow. Okay. And the coast? The heck is that? Some big green links going across Lake Michigan. Okay, uh, probably should actually move on to, like, real topics. Okay. How, uh, how are you at scraping text, by the way, and parsing you, text? You, you, you any good at that? I have not tried. Okay. I would like to make a chatbot that references information that the only way I have to access that information is through a web page. It does not give me direct access to said data. I have to, like, parse it out. Oh, that's going to be hard. It's, it it's definitely brutal. doable in Python, but it's not easy. It's doable in just about any language. It's yeah. just the the page was not designed for this. Yeah. In fact, the page may very well have been designed against this so as to make it harder to do this. <clears throat> well, I, I can't really... I haven't... <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I I probably could poke at it, but nah, not worth your time. Yeah. As I told my, my boss, he was like, Hey, you should, you should read this article, watch this video and listen to this podcast when it's a slow IT day. And I responded with what's a slow IT day. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's, that's actually a thing. Yep. I got something for a slow IT day for you. What? Uh, Hero Forge. Why does that sound familiar? It's a website that you can go do and create a 3D model minifig, like for for tabletop RPG. And oh. the the options there are just ridiculous. Like, wow. 
You know what else is ridiculous? What? A original, in fact, potentially the original, one of the only ones known, if not the only one known, Nintendo PlayStation. You've said two words. Auction. You have said two words together there that do indeed go together. How? <laughs> do you not know the origin of the Sony PlayStation? No, no, I do not. Oh, it was originally a Nintendo product. What? It was a. You know that. You don't know this? Seriously? No. Why Nintendo and Sony hated each other for so long? I, no, I don't know this. <laughs> Nintendo and Sony were going to collaborate on a new game console. This was after the Nintendo Entertainment System. I believe it was after the Super Nintendo. Might have actually been before the Super Nintendo. It was originally it was basically the the Super Nintendo CD-ROM. Uh, and it was it was built in partnership between PlayStation and uh, well between Sony and Nintendo and it's not clear who walked away from who. Different sides report different things, but the whole thing got trashed. And then Nintendo went and made the SNES, and Sony went and said, like, well, fine, screw you. We'll take this thing and make the PlayStation. So this is almost like a Ford versus Ferrari sort of thing. Sure, but it's on auction oh. for over $350,000. Well, yeah, because it's... I'm guessing it, it's a piece of history. Yeah, it is a piece of history. Sorry. Now I'm on I'm on eBay right now. <laughs> and this is not on eBay. No, I know this is being sold through a private auction company, Heritage Auctions. But you had talked about auctions. So the first thing I did was go to eBay and look for it. But yeah, no, that's that's not where it's at. No, no, this is this is a little more than that. Yeah, which would this make is a sense. little extra. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is why like. This is why Sony and Nintendo had such a, a rivalry, and this is why Nintendo hated Square Enix at the time, Squaresoft, um, because Squaresoft had been partnered with Nintendo on a lot of their games and then said, nope, we're going to go and follow Sony for the CD-ROM thing. Gotcha. Yeah, I never knew that. I knew that, you know, there was always bad blood, but I didn't know exactly why, but... Yes, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of bad blood. Yeah, is because of this. So other Sony news, though. Yeah. Um, according to the guys um, that I guess some Sony people talked to Bloomberg and the PlayStation 5 will cost to manufacturer four hundred and fifty dollars. Yes. So that's an it, expensive thing. Yes. They're Mainly, going to be hoping to remake that money on the like PlayStation Plus subscriptions. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Is is this going to be, you know, a, a razor? sort of thing where, you know, you sell it for a loss and hope that, you know, buying the razors will actually make you the money. A loss leader, as yeah. they are called. Yes, I couldn't think of that. Thank you. Um, one source, though, said that they haven't announced the the, val- the price on it because they're waiting for Xbox to announce their price. Yeah. Do you think they're going to change their price based on the Xbox or they're just forcing Sony, uh, forcing Microsoft to go first? I don't know. It It's... <laughs> It's how how sneaky are these guys trying to be? So here's my question. Yeah. Why is everyone panicking at the idea of a $600 console? I don't know, because I'm sitting here staring at my cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Which is uh, closer to $1,000 than it is to $600. Yep. I'm also thinking about the PlayStation 3. Which was very expensive when it first came out. It was a $600 console. 
Like, have people forgotten that? Probably, because that was... Like, oh, no, it's going to cost $600. Yep, that's that's what it's going to cost. I don't get why people are so surprised by this. I don't know. Um, according to some other people, the reason why the price is so expensive is because they were doing um, solid state for the storage on it. And the solid state prices right now are just skyrocketing because of cell phones and the coronavirus. So I, get, I guess, you know, nobody wants to do anything in Asia right now. Oh, a lot of factories have shut down. Well, that's, well, I, hey, props to them for that one. The last thing I want to do is, um, you know, complain about something and, you know, because the factory was still open and everybody died. That'd be sad. Yes. Oh, dang it. Now I'm digging into, like, the PlayStation 3 sales. <laughs> Laura's pointing out this, the PS3 didn't sell well until they dropped the price. And I'm like, I thought they did. I mean, the 360 outsold it by a crap ton. Let's see. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, 7th <laughs> generation PlayStation 3. Okay. Mm-hmm. November 2006 regular price april 2007 they dropped the 20 gigabyte model july 2007 they cut the price by a hundred to 500 so you'd have to see what the price you know how many units were sold between november 2006 and july 2007 two seven ten it's a million it's about 1.2 million which is what they did in both November and December of 2007. <clears throat> but that's also like, there were more games. There was more stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I think people are taking this just way too far and and complaining because they can complain. I just got to notice that Uber has been asked to reset my password. Huh. Why is someone trying to hack into my Uber account? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because it only looks like... According to this chart, yeah, it looks like September 2007 is finally when, you know, the the slope of the sales seems to have ticked up. So what was it? September 2007. Price cuts 2007. September. Well, that's Xbox 360, PlayStation 3. So let's see. September 2008 uh, dropped the... No, September, that's 2008. I'm looking at 2007. Introduced 40 gigabyte model at $400. Would that, would that have been the thing? October dropping the 800 gigabyte model to 500 and introducing a 400 or 40 gigabyte model at 400. Could be. Those two back to back, probably, yeah. God, just look at that Wii. Wii sales, oh my goodness. We're ridiculous. Yeah. So we'll, uh, I guess we'll wait until E3 in a couple of months to find out what the price of the Xbox... Wait, but is Sony going to E3? No, Sony is not. I don't think so. So Sony is waiting for Microsoft to reveal their price, which will probably happen at E3. Yes. Are you going to buy either of these? No. (laughs) Not even eventually? I don't know. Like a year or two years down the line? Isn't the PS5 supposed to be backwards compatible with everything? I guess so. I don't know. I mean, if it is, that's big, right? Yeah. Like, now you can play your old PlayStation 1 games again, because people want to do that, question mark? The uh, the black discs and the blue discs? Yeah. Oh, I found a really cool thing about those black discs, though, and, like, why they you, you couldn't just burn your own disc and put it in. Okay. The PlayStation had a, a security feature... That was a wiggle. What? The the etching on the disc. 
yes. that the laser used. When they burned actual PlayStation discs, they added a, a wiggle to that line so that the laser was moving back and forth and back and forth and back and forth within the fault tolerance of a normal CD. So, like, there's always a, a room for that, that wiggle, for, like, some sort of fault tolerance, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But on the PlayStation discs, that was built in intentionally, that they added in this wiggle. And so when you would try and copy it, your computer would have no issue reading it. It could read the bytes off the disc. But when it would go to burn it, it wouldn't have the wiggle. So why wouldn't... Why wouldn't it have the wiggle? Well, no, why wouldn't having the wiggle cause it not to be able to be read? Because the PlayStation would detect that there was no wiggle. Oh. So it would be like, basically, yeah, this this is too clean. (laughs) Yeah, this this is clearly a copied disc. Because it does not have the wiggle on. Okay. Isn't that ridiculously clever? Yes, no, that makes sense. And now you know. Uh, we got Man, I'm Sony learning news. so much during this episode. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got about uh, Insomniac? Um, so Sony bought Insomniac back in August. Yeah. Well, they announced the deal back in August. Well, now uh, they finally did the filing with the U.S. SEC. Okay. Basically to say, you know, hey. We're doing si- this? Yeah, since we're a publicly traded company, we have to tell you, you know, how much we spent on this. Yeah. And they uh, acquired Insomniac for $229 million, paid out mainly in cash. <sighs> I wish I had that kind of money. $229 million. Yeah, November 15th, 2019, Sony Interactive Entertainment, a wholly owned subsidiary of in the game and network services segment of Sony, completed the acquisition of Insomniac Games, the game developer. Consideration for this acquisition <laughs> of $229 million U.S. million is mainly paid in cash. The amount may be adjusted by the end of the fiscal year, blah, blah, blah. As a result of the acquisition, Insomniac Games has become a wholly subsidiary of Sony. Good for them. Sony, as a result of this acquisition, Sony recorded 165 million U.S. dollars of goodwill and 62 million U.S. dollars of intangible assets. 165 million U.S. dollars of goodwill? What the hell does that mean? (laughs) I'm sorry, I do not speak that version of lawyer. I'm, I'm sure it means something. Yeah, it means something to somebody. Otherwise, why wouldn't they not put it in their, you know, SEC filing? Yeah. So, yeah, no. I in case know, you man. were wondering. I don't know. Yeah. Man, Insomniac made, like, what I thought were some of the good <laughs> PlayStation games. I was kind of surprised that they weren't, you know, a PlayStation company. Company. Yeah. Well, nope. now they Insomniac are. Insomniac is not. God, man, it makes me want to go back and play Ratchet and Clank again. Well... On a PlayStation 5, you probably could. <laughs> hey, look, the plumber's back. The Mario? No, it's a, it's a line from Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank? Yeah. I see. Referencing Mario, I assume? No, there was an actual plumber on one of the first levels. <laughs> and then I think he showed up in one of the later games, and they kept on using that line. <laughs> it's like, hey, look, the plumber's back. And it's like, oh, hey, it's you guys. Sure. Yep, yep, that's my childhood. Okay, what's what's shipped pay model? So shipped has yeah. changed their pay model. Okay, uh, you know, also fun fact, what they're is owned shipped? by shipped is the grocery delivery company. Okay, um, kind of like uh, Instacart. Also, not familiar with it. Uh, Amazon Fresh. Okay, Walmart Grocery. Sure, one of those just gig jobs. Yeah. So um, they were just bought by uh, Target. 
Okay. And uh, they have now changed their pay scale. In a good way? Uh, not really. Oh. So the pay scale originally was a flat rate of $5 and 7.5% of the store receipt total. Whoa. So, like, people who spend lots of money on a single thing are going to spend a lot of money on this. Okay. Um, The old scale also included 100% of tips. Um, Now, um, the uh, pace model is completely just opaque. Like, they won't tell you what you're getting paid for? You just get money? Yes. That sounds like a terrible idea. Yep. Like an awful, awful, awful idea. Whose brilliant thought was it that this would work out? Well, um, Uber, basically. <laughs> it's it's kind of how the gig, you know, the gig economy, quote unquote, works. Yeah. It's, you know, all those, um, the opaque algorithms just is how all the pay structures are going. Like a DoorDash, Uber, Lyft, they're all kind of... They won't specifically disclose how pay is calculated now. Uh, that sounds like a really terrible idea. Because, you know, before I would it was... I'd like to know what I'm getting paid for. Well, you know, before, like I said, it was $5 plus 7.5% of... <laughs> right. And thing. now it's who knows? Well, yeah, because they... Um, the shipped spokesperson claims the new structure better accounts for the costs and time associated with delivering within dense metro regions like Seattle and New York City. Okay. No, no, I, I still don't like it. Yeah. I still do not like it. So what? what's happening? Are people, like, abandoning this? Well, they're, they're, according to some of the numbers, because, you know, most of these people, uh, a fun fact, Kalamazoo is also one of the shipped markets that is getting tested with this new pay scale. Uh-huh. Um... They're basically cutting the pay by 40 to 50%. And, you know, it's <laughs> when you when you're going by a set pay scale, it's kind of easy to tell how much you would have made over under the old plan. Right. Because it's like, OK, you know, take 7.5% of the, you know, the cost and yeah. add five dollars. That's how much I would have made on this order. Right. Now, now I'm know, getting paid. X question amount, mark, question yeah. mark. Or I got paid X amount. <clears throat> So yep. you can easily compare apples to apples, basically. Yep. God, that's a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. That's... Ugh. Okay. We got distracted. We were talking about E3 and people being at E3. Yes. We um, actually have a topic on that. Yes, because, <laughs> you know, the uh, Sony said that they were skipping out on it. You know, EA's doing their own thing. Activision Blizzard's doing their own thing. So they, you know, they're like, hey, oh. guys, you know. Don't worry, there's so still left. There's still companies coming. So in a, an official announcement, they said they have received commitments from Xbox, Nintendo, Ubisoft, Bethesda, Sega, Capcom, Square Enix, Take Two, Bandai, and Warner Brothers. So they're like, hey, <laughs> don't worry, the ship is still afloat. Look at these people. And then yeah. they went and accidentally leaked the E3 2020 website ahead of schedule. Oops. Anything good come out of the leak? It was just a basic of the website. Okay. So a lot of it was still, you know, forum ipsum sort of stuff. Like literally placeholder stuff? Yeah, there were still some placeholders and some draft oh stuff God. in there. Guys, come on. Well, it wasn't supposed to go live yet, so. Right, but like, why did it go live? I don't know. Ah. Uh... Yeah. Not instilling a huge amount of confidence here. Yep. Like, I get web design is hard, 
Believe me, I get it. I'm well aware of that. It's really effing hard. But come on. Yes. The um, How hard is it to not put your website out there until it's done? I don't know. We... <laughs> There's oh this is there happened. are so many things that have to go wrong in order for the website to get out there. Well, it's same thing happened with work. You know, when we're normally flipping a station to a different format, you kind of mm-hmm. you're supposed to kind of keep that under your hat. You know, okay. nobody's really supposed to know about it until it happens. Yeah. I've now had twice where people have, you know, figured it out ahead of time because, you know, there are companies out there, you know, or some of the trade magazines are keeping tabs on, you know, new uh, website filings with our companies. And so it's like, wait, you guys didn't anonymize registering the new domains? Yep. Really? Or that, you know, somebody has a new domain and they didn't decide to Google what it would be ahead of time? (sighs) Or didn't, you know, decide to look on Facebook and go, hey, guys, you know, there's already a, a company out in Seattle that literally is going by the same moniker you guys want to use, right? Oops. Oops. Like, that That would have been, like, the first thing that's, I would have done. That's probably I, something you should check, yeah. You check Google, you check Facebook, you check Instagram, and you check Twitter. I mean, we probably should have done that before we called this Random Access Podcast, but... Well, I did that. I just didn't think about the... RA Podcast. Yeah, the RA Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Oops! But man, I, the ESA right now is just, it's its not its not going well. But they have announced what the, uh, this year, the event will have an industry-only day on June 9th, open only to qualified members of the industry, and anyone who purchases a $995 premium badge. Uh, how much? $995 premium badge. That's a lot. And so, okay, so that's the industry day. So it's industry plus guys who are willing to spend some money. Yeah. The two public days are on the 10th and the 11th. Can uh, Those can be attended by members of the public who buy the $165 game badge. <sighs> Didn't, did, so how, how does this fall into line with my prediction that, like, the ESA has changed this from an industry event into a publicity event and into a money-making opportunity. It did this. It's <laughs> like, is that, does that sound accurate to you? Yes. This, that does. Yeah. I don't know, man. Crazy shit. Yeah. So, okay. what else we got here? Uh, Dice happened, and along with Dice was the Dice Awards show. Oh, who got the uh, the top prize? Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> really? Honk. <laughs> really? Yep. Game of the Year. <laughs> game of the Year of 2019 was Untitled Goose Game. So, it joins such amazing games as Breath of the Wild, Half-Life 2, GoldenEye, Untitled Goose Game. Untitled Goose Game. Have you played Untitled Goose Game? I've seen it played. I have not played it myself. Okay, so you've, but you've watched people, like, seriously yes. play it? Yes. Especially if it's their first time? Yeah. There's a... It's, it's a good game. Let's be honest. It is a tight game. Outstanding achievement in character, The Goose. <laughs> <laughs> from Untitled Goose Game. Honk. 
Oh, that is. Uh, so... Yeah, no, there's some other good ones in here. So, uh, uh, best action game was Control. Best adventure game was Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, best family game was Super Mario Maker <laughs> 2. Best racing game of the year, Mario Kart Tour. That was hey. the mobile game. Oh, that was the mobile game? I'm pretty sure that's the mobile game. Uh, best role-playing game was Outer Worlds. Sports was FIFA 20. Someone doesn't want to go upstairs for his nap. Mm-hmm. I love that the goose is the outstanding achievement in character. Uh, HQ Trivia shut down. It was still around? It was. It no longer is. Is anyone surprised? A little. Because, you know... Both that it was still around and that it shut down. (laughs) Company had to cease operations immediately. I wonder what that means for anyone who, like, had money waiting for them. I don't know. (laughs) App also attracted cheaters, made it hard for legit players to win money. Oh, Scott Rogowski left. Yeah, no, he left a while ago. Okay. <laughs> so the last game of HQ ever, I guess the host was drinking champagne and swearing. Oops, did he know that it was the last? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> wow, this is, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a something to, <laughs> wow. Well, if you're going yeah. out, you might as well go out how you want to go out. Yeah. Wow, got shut down. Well, also speaking of things getting shut down, MWC, normally the place where we hear all the news on the new phones. Um, Not happening? Not happening. Oops. The global concern regarding the corona out virus outbreak, travel concerns, and other circumstances make it impossible for GSMA to hold the event. Oops. Basically, uh, LG pulled out, AT&T pulled out, Facebook, Amazon also pulled out. Samsung d- did their the own thing. Coronavirus. Yep. Okay. GSMA has been a victim of circumstances out of its control. I agree with that. <laughs> it's a huge disappointment the show will not go ahead this year. I also agree with that. Oh, Nokia pulled out, Deutsche Telekom, BT, all of them pulled out. Wow. Yeah, no, if if most of your <laughs> most of your exhibitors are pulling out, you know, I kind of feel bad for anybody who's, you know, not, you know, a Nokia or a Deutsche Telekom or an LG who, you know, had planned on this, you know, being one of their things. It's like if CES, you know, you know, CES suddenly decided to cancel, like, you know, a lot of the big companies would do their own things. But there's a lot of small little guys over at CES who would be probably really pissed. So, OK, so we don't get any of that new info. No, but Samsung did have their own little thing, so... Uh-oh. Yep. The Galaxy S20? Yeah, what... So we're just skipping 11 through 19, right? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So so here's the question, then. Is the next one the S30? I don't know. Why did you, you know, S10 suddenly became now the S20? Well, the okay, so I, I actually can get behind this. Like, if they continue the pattern... And we have the 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, right? Sure. Where, like, every 10 years, every decade, it just goes up in magnitude. I can't wait for the Galaxy S 5000. It's over 9,000. I mean, that would take it, like, 30 years. Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, no, it's it's now the S 20. 
There's also the Galaxy Zip, or not yeah, Galaxy Zip, the Galaxy Z Flip. I, I think they should have called it the Zip. I think you have a better name for it than yeah. what they have. The Z Flip? Yeah. That just doesn't roll off. It's the Galaxy Z? Galaxy Z? Galaxy Galagun? <laughs> Galaxy Z, yeah, that does not, no, Galaxy Z, it's not even the Galaxy Z, it's the Galaxy Z Flip. So is there going to be a Galaxy the Galaxy Z? Flip. Or the Galaxy, Galaxy. I like I like I like G A L I C hyphen Z. The Gaelic Z. No, the Galaxy. God damn it, Andy. The Gaelic Z. This is our Welsh version. <laughs> just open up the keyboard and it's full of just runes. <clears throat> so yes, the Galaxy S twenty and the Z Flip which Samsung says will last over 200,000 folds without breaking. So today's youth will uh, break it in about a year. <laughs> yep. The Galaxy S20 Ultra is almost seven inches in size. That's the size of the Note 10. That's a big phone. At, at, again, like at what point do they stop being phones and start being tablets? 6.2 S20 is the smallest, the S20 Plus, and the S20 Ultra, which has a 6.9-inch display. Holy frickin' Batman, that's huge. <clears throat> yep. S20 has a wide-angle telephoto and ultra-wide camera. The S20 Plus and S20 Ultra have one extra camera, time-of-flight camera that measures depth for AR applications. S20 Ultra, $1,400. Oh, that's... but good news, it can shoot 8K video because, you know... You need that on your phone. Yeah. 64-bit octa-core processor, 128 what? gigabytes of storage. Why? I don't know. Expandable storage, though. So it's got a, it's, let's see, it's got the fingerprint sensor in the screen, USB-C connector, no headphone jack, 5G enabled for whenever that actually gets certified. <laughs> yep. I mean, there, there are cities now that have 5G. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's the other fun thing that, um... I don't know if we really have time to talk about because I don't have it listed as a topic, but the FCC is going to vote on the 28th at their February meeting. So actually, I could probably talk about this next week because that's a next week vote. Okay. But yeah, the FCC is doing some stuff with 5G that I'm kind of annoyed at. But what else is new? Yeah, well, it's it's dear Mr. Pi. Mm-hmm. Um, T-Mobile and Sprint are merging. Oh, did the uh, the lawsuit from the attorneys attorneys the general? Ruled. Oh shoot, is that still out there? No, I think, I think that's done. I think, I think that's, that's the thing that just finished. The judge yeah. ruled on it. Yeah, and he's like, both sides have valid points, but they cancel each other out, and so I'm just going to make a decision. <laughs> and also, T-Mobile is amazing, and Sprint sucks, and so if one buys the other, I can't see anything bad ever happening from that. That's that's what I read in his opinion. We will see what actually comes from this, but yay? Well, is Dish getting its um network then? Dish is getting spun off. <sighs> Excuse me. Dish is getting spun off into its own thing. Well, no, 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 because Dish is its own thing. Uh, Boost Wireless. There we go. Boost Wireless from Sprint. Yes. Sorry, is getting... Boost Wireless goes to Dish. Yeah. And some Spectrum. While doing that, it will have access to T-Mobile's network. Okay. For an undetermined amount of time that T-Mobile can't limit access to. Yep. Which, to me, sounds like, uh, what? <laughs> that, that feels like a potential for abuse. Yep. 
Huh. Anything else? We should be getting close to the that time. Mm-hmm. We are. Anything else you want to hit? Uh, <coughs> uh, Nike's got some self-lacing shoes, version 2, coming out for, I cool. think, $400? Yep, $400. So nothing I like, mean, you know, having to charge up your shoes. I, well, I, I'm thinking, like, wow, that's really expensive. And I'm like, wait, no, shoes are just really expensive now. Mm-hmm. Why are shoes so expensive? I bought a new pair of shoes, and they're like, $90. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> What did I just... I bought some shoes, actually, just recently. What did I just buy? Like, I bought shoes, and I don't remember what I bought. Yep. <laughs> I bought uh, custom insoles for my shoes. They are currently being processed. They are making a 3D model of my feet based on the impressions that I sent. Oh, I'm getting uh, Skechers trail running shoes. Cool. Because my other current, uh, you know, non-dock shoes getting a hole in the toe so needed some other i i call these like my summer shoe okay um william gerstenmeyer former nasa chief of human spaceflight has now joined spacex that sounds good for spacex yeah so you know right a couple of months right before spacex is gonna actually start sending humans into space they got nasa's former chief of human spaceflight yep probably knows a few things about sending people into space yeah especially since he was uh he worked with the space shuttle the international space station commercial crew and exploration programs for more than a decade at nasa yeah so i i think he knows <laughs> i think he knows what he's talking about i think so yeah so i feel like this is a, that's a good pickup for spacex yeah <laughs> that's a good pickup um Yep, that's uh, that's basically all I can really think of. So, all right, yeah, let's hit the let's hit the randoms. And speaking Your review. of speaking of T-Mobile, I'm going to review T-Mobile's home internet. That that's is right. You're on. I am currently, as we speak, running my home internet on T-Mobile's LTE network. So you have left. Charter. I well, I technically have not left Charter yet because I'm still testing it out to see how it goes. Okay. So I, so you know, you're I'm paying for two internets right yes, now. Yes, yes, right now, yes, I am actually paying for two internets. Okay. I love that we use it as the plural. Yes, I have currently two internets going on right now. But yes, as I am connected right now, I am on the LTE status. Okay. Um, it was pretty dang easy to set up. They mailed me a box. I plugged in the battery. SIM card was already in there. Um, I plugged it in. I had to. Con- I had to connect to the Wi-Fi first off. And this is this is my one downside with this thing right now is there's an app you know that help you with your T-Mobile internet from the app. But the app only works on T-Mobile's Wi-Fi network. So I would have to basically disable my current Wi-Fi network that I'm running through my own router and all the stuff that I've already set up for that and run it through the T-Mobile Wi-Fi thing there in order to, you know, do all that. But I was not I was not going to do that. Right, right. Like, I've already got all my Internet of Things devices already connected to this Wi-Fi. I've already got you know, quality of service set up on this Wi-Fi. I didn't want to have to go through that all again. But you're going to have to when you move over to the T-Mobile one permanently, right? No. This this one's got an Ethernet. It's got a uh, couple of Ethernet ports on the back. Okay. Oh, so you just run it through your existing router. Yeah. Okay. So it is just a gateway. I'm not doing anything else with it other than having it be a gateway. Nothing else. Okay. No DHC. Which is what I'm doing with my cable modem right yeah. now. Yeah. 
Yeah. So no DHCP, no DNS. Everything is run through the other stuff, not through the gateway. It's just being a gateway. Okay. How is it? It's uh, it's it's been fine. <laughs> How fast is it? I will tell you here in two seconds. Let's okay. Let's go to Chicago. Let's see what we get. We've got ping of 69 milliseconds current download is 36 37 38 40 40 45 megabits per second down and upload is 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14. so is this just a lot cheaper $50 a month, no contract. Okay, because, like, I just got 230 down mm-hmm. and 11 and a half up. Which I could probably, if I switch back to the, the Spectrum, I could probably get something along similar to those lines. Right, so but it sounds like you're you're downgrading in speed. A little bit, yes, which is why... But it's also 25 bucks a month cheaper. 20 bucks a month cheaper, plus it's one less bill I have to worry about because this will just tack onto my T-Mobile. Right. Bill. So it's, you know, one less thing I have to worry about paying. It's, you know, yep. the box is slightly bigger than my current cable modem. And I had I had to actually move it a little bit because it's current, you know, where the cable modem is. The cable modem doesn't care where it's at as long as it's plugged into the cable. But this is this is an LTE box. So it's like, hey, you know, I'm getting horrible signal where I'm at, which would make sense where it was currently located with the current cable modem. So I've currently got it hanging off the back of the television, and I'm getting an okay signal. Okay. That sounds kind of dangerous for well, it, no, I've but got, sure. I've, I've got uh, hooks and other things. It's where I've got the, our current uh, our current router is currently hanging off the back of the television. Okay. So I might find a different place for it, um, but I'd have to do, run some new wiring. So I just, you know, I was like, well, I wonder if I can hang this one off the back of the television. So that's where it's currently at. It's currently hanging off the back of the TV. I'm getting an okay signal. I, you know... If I get a, it into a better location and run new wiring, I'd be curious to see, you know, if I get a faster speed, if I've got a better LTE signal. But yeah, no contract, $50 a month, no data caps. So cool. It was, you know, I, I said, hey, you know, let me know when it comes to my area. And all of a sudden I get an email out of blue going, hey, we're in your area. Give us a call. You're like, I'll do that. Yeah, I did that. And then 10 minutes later, I'm set up and it's on my T-Mobile account. So boom, we're off to the races. So yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna let it just run for the rest of, you know, this month and see if we notice a difference. But if we don't notice a difference, then I'm just going to drop the cable modem and, you know, be done with that. So Right. Okay. We'll, uh, Very cool. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yep. So yeah, T-Mobile home internet. It's another possibility out there, especially, you know, decent speed with, you know, 50 bucks a month. I'd be kind of curious to see what our costs are for phone lines out at some of our transmitter sites. Uh-huh. If I can just, if I can just drop this out there instead, you know, hook up a yep. VPN to rope it back into our network and then, you know, I'm off to the races. That'd be heck. So I can get a lot more sent over the internet than I can over a phone line. That's for sure. True. So there we go. So yes, T-Mobile home internet. That is my review. How how would T-Mobile take it for you using home internet for a business purpose, though? I don't know. You, you don't think maybe there's a separate plan for that? You might want to do a little research before you start that process. Yes. Just putting that out there. Okay. Uh, random topic. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. The Sirs or the Dames? Sorry, Dames like D-A-M yes. or D-A-N? D-A-M-E-S. Okay. So, like like guys and dolls, D-A-Dame? 
Well, no, like Order of the British Empire games. Okay. So, you know that Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart are friends, right? Yes. And they, you know, they've hung out. They, heck, one officiated the other guy's wedding. Aww. Um, I didn't know that. That's adorable. Yeah, I do believe, yeah, I do believe Ian McKellen officiated Patrick Stewart's wedding. That's fantastic. Okay. So those in our house were were um, abbreviated as the Sirs. Okay. Um, later, we found out that there was a uh, documentary that was put out called um, Tea with the Dames, or Nothing Like a Dame, depending on what country you were from. Okay. And in that, we found out that Judy Dench... And Maggie Smith, both dames in the Order of the British Empire, um, right. have been friends for decades, along with um, two other ladies. I forgot their names. I'll have to go look it up. Um, uh, Joan Plowright, Maggie Smith, Eileen Atkins, and Judy Dench. Yes. So all four of them have been friends for years, and they all are dames in the Order of the British Empire. So the, you know... We, we watched the documentary and, you know, we thought it was hilarious. So the question then became to us was like, okay, who would you want to spend time with? Would you want to hang out with Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen or Judy Dench and Maggie Smith? That is the question. Sirs or dames? Whoa. I know it's a tough one, isn't it? I'd probably go with Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. I don't know. Because... I feel like Patrick Stewart Ian McKellen is I feel like that's more of a, a more recent friendship. Uh, I'm don't not think I'm so. not sure. I'd have to I'd have to look up the history on that one. But yeah, no, <laughs> I guess yeah, Judy Dench and Maggie Smith have just been friends forever. But think of like even I I don't know that how long they've been friends would make a difference to me. Okay. Because like there are advantages and disadvantages to both sides. Mm-hmm. I just think of like who I would want to spend time with. I think I'd rather spend time with Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. Rather than Maggie Smith and Judy Dench? Yeah. I, okay, so here's the, the follow-up question. Is there really a bad answer to this? No. No, there isn't. <laughs> like, either way, you're going to be spending time with some pretty cool people. Yeah. I, so, I, no, I don't think that there is a bad answer to this. Part of me would be just more... I, God, no, it would be nice to hang out with Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. But then also, you know, Maggie Smith and Judy Dench together would just be fun to watch as well. So, oh, yeah, I... I almost am leaning towards Judy Dench and Maggie Smith for me personally. Oh, okay. You can. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. No one is going to say, no, that's the wrong choice. Yeah, no. There's... <laughs> Like I said, yeah, there's no bad choice in this right question. So yeah, that that was the that was the question was the sirs or the dames. Like, who would you rather hang I, out? I see now. Okay. Yeah, yeah either one. Yeah, either. They one. all seem pretty cool. Yeah. So. All also, right. Also, today Dave learned that Judy Dench and Maggie Smith are longtime friends. Yes. Is, is that the only thing I learned today? I don't know. The day okay. is still ish young. Youngish. 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 So, on that note, uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.